Today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. All right, uh, some shocking news coming out of uh, Hamilton City Council, and uh, a lot of people are concerned and wondering what the heck has happened. Hamilton City's uh, Hamilton's City Council has known, apparently since January, that 24 billion liters of untreated sewage escaped uh, undetected from a sewer overflow tank into the Shadow Creek over a, uh, a four-year period. Two confidential reports, one in January, one in September, show that city staff recommended that the the details of the spill be kept secret from the public as long as possible due to the potential legal action that they could face. To talk more about this, Dan McKinnon is with us, General Manager, Public Works, City of Hamilton, and is on the line now. Dan, thanks for the time. Much appreciated. Uh, you're welcome, Scott. So what exactly did happen here? Explain this in layman's terms, what's going on. Uh, well, there was a, a discussion that happened in camera uh, at General Issues Committee yesterday that uh, when we talk about in camera, that's where they discuss private and confidential uh, uh, matters. And coming out of that, the uh, the decision was to release the media release that uh, you become aware of. And uh, so, at the uh, at the risk of just repeating the media release, uh, it became uh, it became newsworthy. Um, this this issue happened uh, back in 2018. It's uh, incredibly unfortunate, uh, but I, I guess one of the ways that I'm kind of describing the context of it is that. As we make more and more investments in our infrastructure to uh, to try to pr- do things like protect the environment, which is uh, essentially what this piece of infrastructure does, we become more and more reliant on the automation and the and the thousands and thousands of moving parts that have to perform perfectly every day to uh, to deliver on the uh, the mandate of uh, of what we're doing here. And so, periodically things go wrong, and uh, unfortunately, this one uh, went undetected for an extended period of time. And that is the the basis for the investigation that the Ministry of Environment is uh, in the midst of undertaking, and uh, so I can tell you that there's nobody more anxious to see the uh, the results of their investigation than I am, and uh, that's kind of the the nut of the story. And uh, beyond that, uh, I, I would just refer to what was in the media release. Uh, again, referring to the media release because again, not everybody understands how what this all means. Can you explain sort of what happened here? Uh, well, the uh, I, I think it was uh, it's it's widely known that the uh, the question came about uh, with these two confidential reports uh, becoming available, and uh, that inspired a, a story in the Spectator. Uh, I think you read that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't, don't know if I have much more to say about it than that. I, I hope you appreciate that 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 the you know the I know it's very unsatisfying for residents to hear somebody like me say that I can't talk about something, but. Um, anything that's under investigation, it is a requirement for us to, to not talk about it in the public or other places because it might jeopardize the investigation. And, and, and the sole purpose for that is to make sure that we're doing everything we can to protect the organization and, and the corporation of the city of Hamilton, by extension, the residents. Uh, that is understandable, by the way. Uh, so uh, you, you talked about uh, the, the, the uh, pipe system and, and, and the mechanics of all of this. Is, some, is this something that is checked regularly to make sure that these systems are working properly? There are uh, routine maintenance in, in inspections of facilities. These facilities are large and complex, and they're often in locations that are very difficult to get to. Um, so what ends up happening is we rely on uh, our system. So we have a, a system that's called SCADA, which is just an acronym for Supervisory Control and Data Acquisition. Essentially, that is our eyes and ears out in the system that we can see in a control room down at Woodward Avenue that tells us if things are operating properly. 
And um, we have, over the last 25 years, developed tremendous reliance on these systems. Uh, otherwise, we'd probably have to have 10 times as many staff as we do now in order to be there and witness that these things are operating uh, properly all the time. Uh, between the water system, the drinking water system, and the wastewater system and the stormwater system, we probably have 150 different facilities that are flung all across the geographic area of the city of Hamilton. So um, it's just, you know, it's it's the advancement of technology. As, as these new devices come in are reliable, we use them in the field, but then we become reliant on them. And if there's any kind of a glitch in them with the process narrative or the automation or anything like that, um, sometimes it's hard to detect. And, and that's really, in, in, in there's more detail to it than that, nuance. But in essence, that's what happened here is that, um, we could not see that there was a malfunction on our system, and it, it, it obviously became evident. We were getting complaints from the from the people who uh, who, who visit uh, Shadow Creek and who live nearby, and and ultimately uh, through physical inspections, we were able to identify this gate had been in a, left in a position that it was not supposed to be. Uh, anything that we know about the position of that gate and why it was not left? Is it is it just an oversight? Is is there is it a mechanical failure? Is it uh, sabotage, for lack of a better word? Uh, is there any any idea as to how this may have accident may have happened? I don't think we'll ever know with one hundred percent certainty. Uh, I'm I'm very confident uh or fairly confident that this was not sabotage i can't imagine anybody uh, deliberately going and doing something like this yeah uh it, it could have been error as a result of uh you know uh transposed incorrectly or something like that uh again i think the uh one of the things folks may not appreciate is when the uh the uh, inv- investigation and enforcement branch of the ministry gets involved um, they've likely been able to interview people that we have not. Um, you know, some of the staff who were around at that time. I know uh, one gentleman retired; another gentleman has moved to another organization. I'm assuming that the uh, the IEBs in, in, interviewed those folks, so they may have heard information from them that we're not even uh, that we don't even have. So, um, un- until they're finished their investigation and we can kind of compare notes, um, we'll we'll land on what we think is the most probable cause of this. We've obviously done our own investigation at this point, and we've taken actions to to make sure that anything that we've identified that we've uh, either strengthened our process or corrected it or locked it out or those types of things. So, uh, but I, I think we're, we're, we're not through the process here. And so I don't think we'll have definitive answers for a while yet. Uh, any idea why this took so long? Again, it, to uh, discover it's and, 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 and from there, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I'll, I'll, I'll just repeat my, my, my reference to the reliance on technology. So, when, when, if I ask our operating staff, is everything working properly, they look on a computer scheme and they can see, are there any alarms? Mm-hmm. Is, uh, is everything following the process narrative that it was designed to, to follow when the facility was constructed? And if, our, if our, uh, our screens are telling us that everything is looking fine, then that's our answer. Is we, we have a tremendous reliance on this automation. And 99.99% of the time, it's right. It's correct. Um, unfortunately, we're uh, you know we're never uh, having a conversation with you on your show about when things are going right. It's mm-hmm. when they go wrong. Yeah, and it, it really is an extremely small percentage of the time that things malfunction. Um, and the, this is a very very extreme uh, case of that. I mean, we have malfunctions in our system on a daily basis, but we become aware of it. We go out, we correct the situation, and we move on. This one, unfortunately, because of the the special circumstances around that particular facility. And the conditions in that facility at that moment went undetected. Our, our SCADA system did not capture it. And so that's why we were not aware of it. 
Do you think the people are un- upset because it happened, because it was undetected, or because it was appeared to keep secret, kept secret, rather? Uh, I think it's probably all of the above. Um, you know, I, I'm sure there's uh, frustration with the fact that the information was not shared. Uh, you know, people may feel it should have been shared in a more timely fashion. I think that we end up in a bit of a conflict uh, when we when we are doing what we think is the best best uh, the best thing uh, from the from the kind of the global city's perspective when it comes to risk management and liability. I know sometimes that feels at odds with uh, uh, maybe it feels at odds with transparency, but that's the the fine balance that we're always trying to strike. It's a very difficult challenge for council on a regular basis to strike that balance, and I know we'll get criticized for it, but. Uh, you know, I'm not sure that uh, regardless of kind of the public reaction to this, I'm not sure that my recommendation would have changed because I know that I have to I have to look at liability and I have to manage the risk. So uh, what do you think has been learned uh, by this so far, Dan? Well, from a technical perspective, we've got, a, you know, there, there's a lot of lessons that we've learned, um, you know, from a technical perspective with the operation of that facility. Um, there's there's uh, a number of things that we think we can do to strengthen our, our monitoring and surveillance of, of these types of facilities so that if they are having an adverse effect on on a water course that we can become aware of it sooner, that we can share that information. Uh, just recently, uh, Council had uh, asked us to bring back options that they could look at for sharing information about bypasses and overflows from our system into local waterways so that we could make the public more aware of it in a more uh, efficient manner and in a, in, a, in a more broad manner so that anybody who may be using those water courses for recreational purposes um, to make them aware of it. So I, I think there's uh, there's a number of things from a communications perspective or from a technical perspective that we're already work turning our minds to and, and figuring out how we, how we can do that and, and we're bringing those to council for their approval. Uh, I, you know, I, ultimately, it comes down to money. I mean, the more we the more we put in the ground and the more we uh, we do this, the more... Uh, the more money we're going to need to to put these devices in, whether it's uh, flow monitors or whether it's uh, downstream sampling on a regular basis, water quality sampling. These are all good things that we would love to do, uh, but there's a lot of priorities that are competing for the same dollar, so it's it's tough. Are you surprised that this wasn't detected earlier? I mean, even through uh, visual inspection, even through people, uh, algae blooms, we talk about this every year in in and around the city and such. Are you surprised that more attention, this didn't draw more attention to itself? Uh, So I I think the answer is yes and no, to sound like a typical bureaucrat maybe. But so when when I learned that it had been going on for this period of time, my jaw dropped. I was absolutely shocked. Um, I guess, you know, some of the things in the, the, the context of this particular piece of infrastructure is that it, it, it outlets to Shadok Creek. Shadok Creek is an urban water course mm-hmm. that runs beside a highway. That is down, uh, to, we have two of these uh, facilities that discharge to Shadok Creek during wet weather events. We also know that we have some challenges on the West Mountain that may be contributing to adverse water quality in Shadok Creek. So our kind of regular living experience with Shadow Creek is that we know there's a lot of things that are impairing the water quality in Shadow Creek already. We know that these devices are designed to discharge when we do get wet weather. So we, we're going to have future discharges. That's the way the system works. Yeah. So we already know that we're dealing with a body of water that is impaired to a certain degree. So, um, so when we talk about was there no evidence, well, there's always a bit of evidence that something's going on there because that's, that's just the nature of that water body. All right. But this particular case that happened, it was a bit of a jaw dropper for me because I just I never would have expected to ever have something like this occur. 
Uh, as you sit back and, and, and look at this from an overall perspective, and as you said, I mean, it all comes down to, to bodies and manpower and, and money and, and so on and so forth. Is this an easy fix? Is this something that uh, could have easily, well, I don't want to go there. Is, is this an easy fix? Is this something that, that, that can be improved on relatively easily or is it costly? Um, I, I think there's there's low budget things that we can do to improve it. I think the kind of uh, actions that we can take to make sure that this never happens again and that we keep the community as informed as possible in a way that they'll find satisfying, I think that's going to have a fairly significant price tag to it. And, you know, and this is just one aspect. This is the wastewater system. We've got lots of challenges around our stormwater system. And, 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 and on a, a daily basis, our main priority is the drinking water system. It's, it's generally all the same staff that run all those three systems. So, I think it'll make sense to people that our priority when we come in every day is making sure the water is safe to drink, um, notwithstanding the fact that you know, the wastewater system is obviously vitally important and we need to make sure that we're doing that well. But, um, you know, council has the unenviable task of, um, you know, dealing with staff like me who are always asking for more money and more staff so that I can do better things. They have to balance that with affordability and, and, and you know, what they hear in the community about um, the cost of living and the cost of water and property taxes. So mm. it, it's not an easy one to fix. Uh, you know, I guess my simple answer would be give me more money, more staff, and I'll do something really great on this. But I understand that council has to balance that with all the other priorities that, you know, that they have to deal with. So, What do you want residents to take away from this, Dan? Um, that this was incredibly disheartening for the staff that work in Hamilton Water. I can tell you that we've got a lot of folks who have come to this industry because they are environmentalists at heart. Many of them are in tra- trained in environmental science and environmental biology and things like that. And um, I, I think it, it may not be well understood that the people who work in this industry have a tremendous commitment to the environment. That's why they go into wastewater treatment. So this isn't this wasn't uh, a result of you know cavalier behavior or negligence. It was a it was a, it was an error that we all are extremely disappointed about. Um, we want the community to have trust and confidence, and we're just going to have to keep working hard. to. If, if, if we've lost some of that trust and confidence, we're going to have to work hard to gain it back. When will we know more about this? Is there anything more the public needs to know as far as a timeline? Um, I, I think it's we're probably going to be pretty quiet about it until we know that the ministry has wrapped up their investigation and we see where that goes. But, yeah. uh, you know, in my mind, uh, this isn't about telling the community. It's about when, uh, you know, once the investigation is wrapped up and we know where we are with that, uh, we'll definitely be sharing uh, all the information that we, we possibly can with the community at that point. But um, it was, uh, you know, we, we just have to follow these processes. What will we learn from this investigation? What will we, what will we know out the other end? Uh, well, primarily, we'll know what the what the ministry thinks of this um, and whether or not they've discovered any information that we do not currently have. Uh, if they do, I would I would expect it's not very much, but it might be significant. And, and we'll also understand at that point, um, you know, what their position is, whether or not they think fines uh, are, are appropriate in this circumstance. Uh, obviously, our hope is that that's not the case. Any money that we'd be spending on fines, we'd much rather put towards improving the system. So um, we're hoping that uh, that there'll be that kind of an approach to it. But uh, they've got their laws that they have to enforce. And so, um, you know, we're just hoping that we're going to find a, a good balance here that really serves everybody's purposes. Dan McKinnon has been with us, General Manager of Public Works for the City of Han- uh, Hamilton. Dan, thanks for the time and insight. Much appreciated. Anytime, Scott. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.